have to get down a little bit lower so everybody can see it. All right, you'll be able to see it. Okay, uh, if you have a Bible this morning, if you would open your Bible just briefly for a couple of minutes to uh, Acts chapter 8, and uh, we're just going to read a brief portion of scripture that describes a biblical baptism. And especially for those of you that are visiting here today, I know there's a lot going on and there's a lot of little children and it'll be a little noisy this morning, but we really hope that you will pay attention because we hope that what you will understand is that people that are being baptized this morning are not being baptized for the reasons that most of us were taught in the religions that we grew up in. We were taught in... Most of the religions that are prominent on Staten Island, they all teach pretty much the same thing about baptism. And that is that baptism washes away original sin. Now, that's the common teaching, correct? That's what you were taught, right? Raise your hand if you know that's what you were taught. That baptism washes away original sin. That's what you were taught. Now, the problem with that is that that's not found in the scriptures. That is not in the Bible. Now, you may be offended to think that a religion would teach you something contrary to the scriptures, but that has been the case since the beginning of time. Since Satan came into the Garden of Eden, he has been twisting and misrepresenting the truth from the very start. So we're not surprised by that. That's why at this church... The Word of God, the Bible, is our guide. And since the Bible does not speak about water having the power to wash away your sins, if it had the power to wash away your sins, you'd need to drink this, not get baptized in it, because your sins are not on your skin. So you'd have to have some way of applying. If, if water had that power, you'd have to have some way of applying this water to your sins, and that's impossible. The Bible doesn't speak of water cleansing your sin, but of the blood of Jesus Christ, faith, by placing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, his, his power cleanses you of your sin because of the blood that he shed. Now, that's the Bible teaching on it. And there are a number of examples in the Bible of people getting baptized. And two things stand out about the examples in the Bible. First of all, it was only as a result of someone putting their faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior. Baptism never preceded that. So obviously, there are no babies being baptized in the Bible. Now, if you can find one, we have a standing offer here of a million dollars. If you can find an example of a baby being baptized in the Bible, it doesn't happen. And since the scriptures are all that we have from God... As far as our direction in spiritual things, we decided we're going to trust what God said. Trust what the Bible says. Every example of baptism in the Bible was somebody having first put their faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior. And then baptism is simply a picture of their faith in Jesus Christ. In other words, that person has recognized their faith in the death 
and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ as their salvation. And so baptism is a picture of a death and a burial. Jesus was in the ground three days and three nights. We're not going to leave them under that long. It'll only be a few seconds. But you, you see the picture. The purpose of going under the water is because this represents being buried. So if, if baptism were sprinkling some water on your head, uh, as is normally taught in many religions, there's no kind of burial that I know of where after you're dead, they sprinkle a little dirt on your head and you're done. They put you in the ground. They bury you under the ground. And so the believer is buried under the water as a picture of the burial of Jesus Christ. And then, of course, coming up out of the water, a picture of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So when someone does this, they're not coming up here because they hope to be saved. They're coming up here because they have been saved. They're not coming up here because they want God to wash away their sins. Their sins were already washed away when they put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Getting baptized is simply a public way of letting everyone here know, I am not ashamed that I put my faith in the Lord Jesus, and I proudly and gladly take my place among his people in the family of God. So um, I want you to understand what that is. But I want you to see these verses. In Acts chapter 8 is one of the examples in the scriptures of a man who got who put his faith in Christ and then immediately got baptized. It says, <clears throat> and I'll shorten this for you, but it's the story of a, of a man who was coming home from Jerusalem. He had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was a very religious man, a good man, one that believed in God already, but he had never been saved. And so he's returning from Jerusalem, traveling back to his home country of Ethiopia, and as he's traveling in his chariot, he's reading the scriptures. And God sends Philip, an evangelist, to run up beside this chariot and explain the scriptures to this man that he's reading. And it says, verse number 32, the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before her shearer, his shearer so opened he not his mouth, in his humiliation... His judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. Now that place that he was reading is from Isaiah 53, which is a chapter describing the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Ethiopian man is confused. He doesn't know what those scriptures mean. And so God sent Philip to explain it to him. Verse number 34, the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? That's a very good question. This is an honest man. And he sees the water. Um, and he now and he wants to be baptized. Uh, Philip has obviously told him the story of Jesus Christ from his baptism to his crucifixion. And he sees this water. He wants to be baptized. And he says, what doth hinder me to be baptized? Is there anything stopping me from getting baptized right here, right now? Notice the answer is very important. Verse 37. And Philip said, do you see it? Verse 37. If... Thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. There it is. 
you don't get baptized before you believe on Jesus Christ. The water has no power to do anything. It's just a public demonstration. This is just a symbol, a picture of what happened to you the moment you got saved. It's a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And notice the man's answer. He answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water. Philip didn't reach down, get a handful of water, and throw it in the guy's face. And they went into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Aren't you glad you have a Bible to clear up religion? You know? This book clears up all the religious myths that many people have lived their whole life with. And sometimes it's a little hard because we are by nature very proud people. And we don't want to let go of something that we are convinced must have been the truth. We could not have been fooled for that long. And so sometimes we don't want to admit what God's word says and acknowledge that this is the truth. But one of the evidences of humility is that you're willing to put your own preconceived ideas aside, even though you may have held those ideas for 40 years, when you see the truth in the Word of God and you just take God at His Word. And so these are coming this morning not to get their sins forgiven and not to be born again, but they're coming today because they have already put their faith in Christ and are already children of God. And this is their public way of letting you know what they have done and that they are not ashamed to be children of God. Amen. And we are very, very happy for all of these that are here today. And there is, um, I need that list. And normally we would also let everybody have a nice opportunity to tell you their story. If we did that, we'll be here till 3 o'clock this afternoon. So uh, we'll, keep it, uh, we'll keep it a little shorter than usual. Okay, I'm going to start with a couple of our guys, only because I know some of the girls are nervous. There's, uh, so I'm going to, Emmanuel, where are you at? Emmanuel. Watch. Watch. Is your watch waterproof? Okay. All right, this is Emmanuel Chin, and uh, anything you want to say before we get baptized? Uh, yes. Well, first off, good morning. I'm not a public speaker, but um, well, we'll find out. So uh, first, I'll start off with some verses. Psalms 25.5. Lead me in thy truth, and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindness, for they have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me, for thy goodness sake, O Lord. So, um, I mean, how amazing is, is our God we serve? And, uh, I just want to say that to all the peers, my peers in the church, it's, it's a dark world out there. And um, you take that one step and it just becomes addicting. And uh, there's only one thing you can become addicted at. So uh, 
just, uh, just remember, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Hebrews 11.25. And, uh, yeah, it's maybe not something that you don't know, but it's good to have a reminder as long as we're in this body. And that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes. If you died today, you know where you'd go? Yes. You'd go to heaven? Yes. I would go to heaven. Upon your confession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, I baptize you now, my brother. Buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. CJ. Yeah. This is uh, CJ. Uh, he got saved just recently, a few months ago, and um, has grown uh, tremendously since he got saved. Uh, went out with us street preaching yesterday and preached for his first time on the street yesterday in Lower Manhattan. It was a real blessing. Anything you want to say? Uh, just want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for saving me. I was on the path of destruction. He saved my life, and I pray that he saves my family. Just want to thank my church family. For loving me, accepting me, helping me grow in the Lord, show my way around the scriptures. Um, I love you guys. I just want to serve the Lord with you guys. And amen. Amen, amen. amen. Just put your hands together. Okay. CJ, upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, I now baptize you in his name. Buried in the likeness of his death. Amen. Amen, amen. All right. Good morning. Babe. What's that? Amen. Amen. Say that again real loud. That was Italian. Amen. How do you say that in Polish? Jesus saves in Polish. Jesus Svavia. How do you say it in Spanish? Amen. How do you say it in English? Jesus saves. Amen. That's good. Have a tongues meeting here. You have a towel? Praise the Lord. This is Yvonne Dalvis. Everything you want to say, huh? Um, I get nervous with these things. Um, everybody who knows me knows I never shut up and always have something to say except for today I don't have any scriptures prepared or anything um, but um, I'm just very grateful uh, to be here I'm very grateful for the church family I'm grateful for my sisters in Christ who have listened to me and just um, helped me through my walk with the Lord and um, 
I just want to keep on growing. And uh, thank you again. I love you guys. I'm grateful that my family's here with me today. I love you. Yvonne, you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, yes, and you know, you realize this water has no power to wash away your sins. Yes, yeah, your sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ. Yes. Okay. I baptize you now, my sister, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen, amen. Let's see. Let's bring some of the kids up. How about uh, Matthew? Come on, man. So you're hiding around the corner there. These next two are our grandsons. So we're very, very happy, very proud. Okay. All right. This is uh, this is Matthew Scroy. Mom and dad are. There's mom. Where's dad? There's dad over here. Mom and dad are here. Uh, these are our grandsons. We're very, very proud of them. We love them and we're so happy today that they wanted to be baptized. Right, Matt? You know Christ is your Savior. If you die today, you go to heaven through Jesus Christ. All right. Matthew, upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, I now baptize you, my brother, buried in the likeness of his death. Again. Big Ben. Benjamin Scroy. Want to say anything? No? Okay. Bashful Ben. Bashful Ben. Christ is your Savior. You know you're saved. You're on your way to heaven. All right. Upon your profession of faith in Jesus as your Savior, I baptize you, my brother, in his name. Buried in the likeness of his death. Raised in the likeness of his Jason to go first? You go first? Okay. Jason's going to get baptized today, too. Anything you want to say, Jenny? I just want to say thank you for our Savior for dying for a person like me. His many years of trials and tribulations. But I know that he was by my side every step of the way. And I'm so grateful that my mom is here and my son's getting baptized today also with me. And I also know that my brother and my uh, his fiance are here and my sister-in-law is here today. So I just hope that they can hear the word and know that he's... He will die for, for you and your sins, and no matter what, he's going to be there protecting you. All right, Jenny, upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, 
now baptize you, my sister, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his Disappeared. <laughs> right, can, I, can I hold you up yes. so everybody can see you? Okay. Okay. This is Jason, my Eddie. You want to say anything? <laughs> you sure? Yes. <laughs> You're not very quiet normally. <laughs> All right, Jason, are you saved? What? You know you're on your way to heaven? Yes. Who saved you? Jesus. Yeah. If you died today, where would you go? Heaven. All right. Praise the Lord. All right, Jason. All right, Jason, upon your profession of faith in Jesus as your Savior, I now baptize you, my brother, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Okay, let's see. Elizabeth and Hannah. Elizabeth Kodabash, um, dad's here, uh, mom's right over here, Melly's over here, grandma's over here, <laughs> and the rest of the family is here. Kodabash family are new in our church. Uh, it's been three, or mo- three months, four months, something like that, but we're so happy to have them. They're coming all the way from Queens to be part of the services here, and they haven't missed in months, but we're so happy to have you here, Elizabeth, Thank and you. anything you want to say? Um, I was saved at a young age, so it's... It's, it's a blessing to have grown up in a Christian family with Christian parents who care about that. Um, I'm sure it saved me from a lot of trouble in life. So I'm very thankful for that. And you know you are saved. Yes. All right, Elizabeth, upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, I now baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Buried in the likeness of his death. Raised in the likeness of his resurrection. All right, Hannah. All right, Elizabeth's sister, Hannah. Anything you want to say? as your Savior? Yeah. Praise the Lord. We're so happy for you taking this step of obedience. What a blessing it is to have your whole family here. That's, uh, that's quite an encouragement. We're thankful that you're being obedient to the Lord. All right, upon your profession of faith in Jesus as your Savior, I now baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Marilyn, where are you, Marilyn? 
It's wet, is that what you said? <laughs> okay, that's a first. Normally someone says, oh, it's warm. <laughs> is it? Oh, it's wet. This is Marilyn. Do I say your name? Nalgian? Nalgian, yes. Nalgian. Marilyn Nalgian. She's also new in our church and knows Christ as her Savior. And when she heard about the baptisms today, she asked us if she could be baptized also. Would you like to say anything? I, uh, I want to thank Lord Jesus Christ for his grace and mercy for saving me and answering my prayer because I asked God to lead me to a church, a sound church with biblical teaching so that you guys can baptize me. <laughs> and he answered. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Marilyn, upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, I now baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Congratulations. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's see. Uh, Stephanie, where are you? Oh, I'm going to go last. Okay, that's fine. Emily? This is Emily Nachio. Emily, would you like to say anything? Yes, I just want to uh, praise the Lord Jesus Christ for all he's done for all of us in this room. And if there's anybody that isn't saved, it's the most amazing and the only decision you could truly make in your entire life. And um, I just want to praise the Lord for my father and mother being here today. And um, Where are they? they're right there. <laughs> Amen. Dine, dine Gale. <laughs> all right. Thank you for coming this morning. Praise the Lord. Um, I just have a few verses, but uh, this is the third time my father's going to be seeing me baptized. <laughs> um, <laughs> the first uh, was a baptism pastor. Uh, well, the baptism pastor explained before um, I was baptized Catholic when I was a baby. And uh, the second time was <laughs> when I got saved in uh, 2013 in October. And, um, and I went to another church, and uh, a few months later I had gotten baptized. And uh, I praise the Lord that... He brought me to this church that I can understand the truth of baptism and what it really means. And it's not just the obedience of saying, well, this is something I have to do, but really just trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ and, and surrendering everything to him. So I just have a few verses I want to share with you. Um, I'd been praying about this since I got my discipleship class um, about baptism, and I already knew about it, and I'd already been baptized. Um, and... I was praying about it and wanted to be baptized here, and uh, I read the day before Pastor sent out the text about baptisms, I had read in my daily reading Acts 19, and in verse 1 through 5 it says, And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coasts, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, 
they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and I look at that as the um, confirmation that told me that the Lord was okay with me being baptized today. Um, and then in verse 19 and 20 of the same chapter, it says, Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. And when I came to this church, I was not in the King James Bible. And um, I, I see that they said, used curious arts and brought their books together and burned them. And although I may not have or may have physically burned things that weren't the King James Bible, but <laughs> I, um, the King James Bible is what truly brought me to true repentance and just giving my heart and my life to Jesus Christ. Amen. And there is no other Amen. truth but that Bible Amen. and that Amen. book. And that's Amen. the only book that we should be picking up and reading and, and trusting in. Uh, just two more verses. <laughs> well, one more. Um, Psalm 54, 6 says, I will freely sacrifice unto thee. I will praise thy name, O Lord, for it is good. And right now, since I came to this church four months ago on February 22nd, and I picked up that King James Bible, um, the Lord has taught me what humility actually means, as my father can attest to that. I have not been the most humble person my, in my entire life. <laughs> so um, I'm submitting to the Lord today, um, making Jesus Christ my king, as my sister Melissa said, that he's going to rule in my heart, and he's my king. And he freely sacrificed. Now I need to sacrifice myself to him so he can get all the glory and honor and praise. And in 1 John 3.18, it says, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And the deed starts with sacrifice, and the truth is Jesus Christ. So I'm giving it all to him today, just sacrificing my life to him. Amen. Emily, upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, I now baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Okay. Um, you ready? All right. How about uh, Isabella and Tristan are going to get baptized today, too? Praise the Lord. This is uh, Isabella Damiano, and uh, mom is here. Dad is uh, dad. Where are you? Dad is right over here. All right, Mike and Allison Damiano. All right, anything you want to say? I want to thank the Lord for all He's done for me, and that He saved me. I'm glad that I have this opportunity to get baptized today. Thank you, Pastor, Pastor Dean, my Sunday school teachers, and mom and dad, for teaching me about God and getting me ready for getting baptized. of faith in Jesus as your Savior, I now baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen, amen. All right, ready, Tristan?
This is Tristan Damiano. Mm -hmm. Tristan, anything you want to say? Well, I just want to thank God for helping me go through through a, a lot of stuff that I've been going through, like of me, of my pen, of the pencil that's that's going my foot. I'm glad for helping Amen. him go through Amen. that and many other things in my life and for saving me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Christian, we love you, brother. We love you, brother. You want to leave the glasses on? You want to take them off? I think I'll take them off. Okay. okay. You can hold your nose when I put you up here. Thank you. All right, Tristan, upon your faith, upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, I now baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his death. going to need his Bible. All right. We're going to have a message here, I have a feeling. Hey, John. All right. Can you see him? All right. You know what? Here, I'll tell you what. Stand up on this just for now. Stand up on that step right there. Okay. And I'll bring the microphone over to you. Go up one more step so everybody can see you. Okay. Excuse me, guys. John. This is John Murphy. Dad is here. Nayeli, where are you? Nayeli's family is all over here. Grandma and Grandpa are over here. We're so happy that the family's here in our church. What would you like to say, John? Well, I'm happy that I have a church family, and um, I'm thanking the Lord for all that He's done for me past my past these days. And I hope I have a good life. But I know the Lord will be with me throughout my whole life if I trust in him. Because he's the only one who you should trust in. Amen. And I just thank you for my pastors. And thank you. Amen. All right. Praise Do you have a verse you wanted to read? Okay. Could you please um, turn to John 3, 1 through 7? John 3, 1 through 7. Okay. There was once a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Very, very, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very, very, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Amen. Amen.
profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, I now baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Lord Jesus, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his need to sit down a little bit, okay? Just get down a little bit lower, okay? Are we good? Okay. Okay, Marla? Yeah. You ready? All right, this is uh, Marwa Koratamgalu, and uh, Marwa grew up Muslim, and uh, got saved uh, 2013, I think. Came came to know Christ as their Savior. And uh, since that time, her struggles has have been many, as as this church knows very well. But uh, through it all, uh, I have seen this woman just continually thank God and trust the Lord in spite of all the hardships that she has experienced since getting saved. All of her family remains Muslim, uh, some of them in Egypt radical Muslim, but uh, Marwa has been very bold in, in her testimony of her faith to her family, and we're very happy that today you're going to follow the Lord in baptism. Do you want to say anything? I just want to say God for uh, saving me, and I wish this for my family and everybody else, and I really thank Pastor Mike and it was really a miracle for me all what's happening for my save to be in here in that this now and this moment. But the only things I can say is just like thanks him. He answered my prayer and he told me he's a God and I was waiting this for being years and his answer and his answers was very, very clear. He's a God and um, I thank I thank to being here. I thank Pastor Mike, Pastor Dean, with all my brother and sister. They've been standing next to me, pray for me. And um, I thank you guys all, and God bless all. Praise the Lord. Amen. Marwa, upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, I now baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, buried in the likeness of his death. A shout goes right there. That's, you can put one right there if you'd like to. Amen? Amen? All right. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's see. Uh, Steph, I think, where are you? Now, this is the first baby baptism. <laughs> in the history of our church. <laughs> this might be a first, but uh, this is Stephanie Spinelli. We're so, so happy to have this dear sister in our church. And uh, anything that you'd like to say? Yes. Hi, um, I was saved when I was 19, but I never got rooted in a church. I didn't, I'm not from Staten Island. And um, I spent pretty much all of my 20s rebelling, uh, backslidden. I didn't have a King James Bible. Like I said, I didn't have a church. And um, the Lord in his infinite mercy used all my bad decisions and all my selfishness 
to lead me to my husband, who is an unsaved man, continues to be unsaved, but his mom is saved, and his brother, and um, his siblings, and so after a few years of being married, the Lord finally took a hold of my heart and led me to this church, and um, that's just something I could never get over, because now I have this church, I have a Bible, I know his word, I'm no longer backslidden, my, my children are being raised in this church, um, and that, you know, I don't want to say that's the most important thing, but obviously, you know, my husband obviously still needs to be saved, but the fact that I could be married to an unsaved man and, and still raise my children here is, is a miracle, honestly. Um, so I just ask that you continue to pray for my husband's salvation. Um, obviously, I, I feel it's a matter of urgency, but the Lord continues to show me that he his timing is perfect, so I do rest in that. And... Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. And I just leave it all in your hands, Lord. Am I missing anybody? Anyone else? I'm wet already. Anybody else need to get baptized? Come on, get her done. All right, no one else? All right, thank you kids for being so well behaved. All right, you can go back to your seats right now. With verse 5, um, servants be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be, he be bond or free. By faith we see the hand of God In the light of creation's grand design In the lives of those who prove his faithfulness Who walk by faith and not by sight By faith our fathers roam the earth With the power of his promise in their hearts of a holy city built by God's own hands a place where peace 
peace and justice reign. We will stand as children of the promise. We will fix our eyes on him, our soul's reward, till the race is finished and the work is done. We'll walk by faith and not by sight. By faith the prophets saw a day when the long-for Messiah would appear with a power to break the chains of sin and death and rise triumphant from the by faith the church was called to go. By faith the church was called In the to power go. of the Spirit to the lost. To, to deliver captives and to preach good news. In every corner of the earth. We will stand as children of the promise. We will fix our eyes on him, our soul's reward, till the race is finished and the work is done. We'll walk by faith and not by sight. By faith this mountain shall be moved, and the power of the gospel shall prevail. For we know call upon his name. We will stand as children of the promise. We will fix our eyes on him, our soul's reward, till the race is finished and the work is done. We'll walk by faith and not by sight. Walk by faith and not by sight. We'll walk by faith and not by heart in my own mind so uh, it's good to be here today uh, it's always a blessing to be with you folks uh, my wife Debbie is here with me today I thank God for her uh, this last May we we uh, celebrated 32 years of marriage and God has been good to us there's no doubt about that I can't say anything else except that God has been good we also have with us today a young man from our church in Torun, Poland. His name is Michał. I understand that's a very, very unusual name for you folks here. So uh, 
His name is Michael, also very unusual, I understand. Not many Michaels around here, right? Well, so if you want to talk to him, say Michal, he'll understand. And, and uh, he's been a blessing to us. He's been saved for about five years. And God had mercy on him and, and led him to us by a simple gospel track. Any of you don't think the power of the printed page has any merit? Michal found the gospel track. I don't even know he found it or if he got one handed to him, but one way or the other, he got a gospel track and came to our meetings on a Sunday morning. First time in his life he'd ever been in any kind of a Bible-believing church. And uh, it wasn't quite a crowd like this when he walked in. Uh, it was more like maybe five people. <laughs> so he was a little bit nervous because, you know, five people, you've got to stand out, right? But he came for several Sundays in a row, not, not asking any questions, didn't even want to talk, just wanted to listen. And he'd go to Mass at 10 o'clock and then come to our meeting at 11 o'clock or vice versa. But he heard the word a few, sun, a few weeks and then he began having questions. And by the grace of God, God opened his heart and saved his soul. And we're just th so thankful for him. It's his first time ever to fly on a plane which means it's his first time in America, so he's kind of overwhelmed by everything. Uh, usually he just says, wow. <laughs> <laughs> We've told him a lot about, about the USA. We don't really brag a lot about the USA in Poland. We're not there to try to promote America. or, But uh, we just kind of want to prepare him for what he might encounter, like everything is big. Every once in a while he says, you're right, everything is big, everything. Anyway, um, he's, he's here for the first time, and uh, after we leave here, we're going to go to Texas. Uh, actually, the best place in the world, Texas. I know you guys don't think that, but we're going to go visit our home church for uh, a few weeks, and he'll be able to meet our brethren there in San Antonio. But uh, again, thank you for having us. It's always been a blessing. Uh, the song service is always a blessing to us. Uh, you might have noticed Michal videoing the song service because uh, he hasn't been in an American church yet and he hasn't seen this many people, believers in one place, singing. It's like overwhelming to him. So it's always been a blessing. And seeing these baptisms, what a blessing to see God moving in people's lives and changing people's lives. I remember myself... Uh, Although I was raised in a very godly Christian home, there came a time when I was nine years old and I had to realize for myself that uh, I needed to be saved. And at a young age, God saved my soul and i that's one decision I have never regretted. I've made a lot of dumb decisions in my life. And uh, by the grace of God, that's one that I never regret. I thank God for saving me at a young age. So I want to encourage you, young people, uh, you don't need the world. The world has nothing for you. The world will just disappoint you. It will lead you astray. It will make you uh, make decisions that you will later regret. So... There's nothing in the world for you. You don't even have to try the world. You can, you can be raised in a godly Christian home 
and uh, be thankful for the opportunity to be saved from a lot of heartaches and sorrows. And there's plenty of people around you that can tell you, yeah, take our word for it. It ain't worth it. Don't mess with the world because there's nothing there. I want to I wanna preach to you today out of uh, the book of 1 Timothy chapter 1. In keeping with the spirit, if I may, of what has happened today, uh, we sang some really good songs today. That third one was a blessing. I had never heard that one before in my life. So I'm going to have to take that one back home and put it in our songbook in English and maybe have Michal help me translate it into Polish. And we'll, how did that go? I know, I know my name is written there. That was a good song. But uh, we don't just sing just because we sing. I mean, it's not entertainment. Now, some people might be entertained by it, but that's not why we sing. In fact, if you come to our church in Poland, there's no doubt about it. There's no entertainment value in it. You know, we, we don't boast of having the greatest singing voices in the world, but we just love to sing. And we love to sing about Jesus. We love to sing about what he's done for us. And uh, then we had these baptisms. And, and again, that's not some ritual that we do because somebody told us we had to do it. It's not some kind of a... Uh, a ceremony that, you know, we think maybe somehow draws us closer to God. The reason we sing and the reason we get baptized is for this reason that I'm going to read to you in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. The Word of God says, This is a faithful saying, Worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus, there's that word again, we just keep talking about Jesus. That's the whole point. He is the focus of our attention. He is the, the theme of our song. He is who we live for. After all, he made us. <laughs> he created us. It says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Now, there may not be a lot of good news in the world these days. In fact, you probably shouldn't watch the news very much anymore. It's pretty bad. But this is some good news right here, my friend. That probably is an understatement. <laughs> good news. It's not just good news. It is the best news the world has ever heard. There is nothing that compares to this good news. Amen. I mean, I don't care which news program you like. You may like Fox. You may like CNN. You may like some other kind of station. I don't really care which one you choose. There is nothing to compare with this good news. I don't care what kind of good news you got this week. I don't care if you got a raise, if you got a promotion. I don't care if you've got a new house. I don't care. I don't care if you've got whatever great thing you were wishing for. There is nothing to compare with this good news. Nothing in the world. Our sister sang a song today. 
that God called the church to go and preach what? The good news. You know what? There is good news in the Bible. A lot of people don't think there is any good news. A lot of people have given up on the Bible because they, they, they listen to a few critics that say, oh, the Bible just has bad news about, you know, God wanting to judge people and God wanting to just condemn people and that's all bad news and they don't want to have anything to do with it. But you know what? The Bible really has some good news and I want to tell you today some good news because there is a lot of bad news out there. But this book has some good news for you today. And if you never heard the good news of the Bible, of the gospel, listen carefully. It could change your life. And I'm not talking about going to church. I'm not talking about being religious, about being a part of some new crazy religion or some new cult. Hey, it's not a matter of being a part of some uh, group or some religion. It's about good news that you need. It says Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's good news. That's good news because I needed a Savior. I was just nine years old, but I knew... And you're telling me that you don't know that? I was nine years old. I knew I needed a Savior. These young children up here, they're even younger than I am, some of them, than I was, some of them. And they knew the need of the Savior. Who are we to, to deceive ourselves to think that we don't really need a Savior? I'm okay. I'm good, we say, yeah? How many times do I, have I talked to people? I try to give them a gospel track, or I try to tell them something about the gospel, and they say, I'm good. Interesting, because Jesus said there is none good, no, not one. There's none good but one. That is God. There is only one good, and it's not you, and it's not me, and it's not your grandma. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend you, but Jesus said there is only one good, and that is God. I knew I needed a Savior. No, I knew because God gave me something he gave every one of you. He gave me a conscience. I couldn't deceive myself. I couldn't say, well, you know, I'm not so bad. Well, what does that mean anyway? You ever thought about that? I'm not so bad. I guess it, might, it probably means, you know, I could be worse, right? Oh, because you could be worse, that means you're good? That doesn't work. Oh, yeah, I, I could have really been a whole lot worse than I am, and that makes you a good person. No, because Jesus said that there is only one good, and that is God. You see, Jesus measures goodness in a different way than you and I do. Oh, we say I'm good, he's good, she's good, we're good, they're not good, but Jesus said no one is good but one, and that is God. Now, if you don't believe me, I will show you. Matthew, open your Bible to the book of Matthew. In chapter 19. It's amazing how popular Jesus Christ was and is until you start listening to what he actually says. 
Everybody loves the Jesus that heals sick people and gave sight to the blind. Everyone loves Jesus that gives bread to the hungry, but not many people like what Jesus said. Instantly, that's why they killed him. Not because he fed hungry people. They didn't like what he said. You cannot take Jesus unless you take what he said with it. Right? He said if you uh, receive not his words, you don't receive him. Matthew 19, verse 17. Uh, It says here, And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. You see that? Only one good. It's God. It means you're not good, I'm not good. That means nobody else. And I knew that one day. I realized one day, hey, I'm not as good as I think I am. And I'm not as good as my mom thinks I am. You know, my mom finds out some things about me. She found out something about me just a few years ago. She did not know, and she was really disappointed. I didn't see much point in telling her all the stuff that, you know, that she didn't know. Once I got saved and gave my life to God and started living for God, I just kind of put everything in the past. And I didn't necessarily hide it, but, you know, it came up. I admitted it, but she was quite disappointed. You know why? She thought I was a good kid. That wasn't so good. Your mom may think you're good. Your mom might brag on you to all her friends. Jesus Christ knows your heart. He knows the lust in your heart, the hatred in your heart, the covetousness, the pride, the anger. He knows all the things about you. You can fool your mom and your dad and your neighbor and your boss and yourself, but you can't fool God. And one day I realized that. And it will do you good to realize that one day. Maybe today you should do that and say, you know, I'm not as good as I think I am. That was good news when I found out that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. You know what? I qualified. You qualify. Every one of us qualifies. We're all sinners. But it's also good news because I realized that I couldn't, I couldn't save myself. But that's the problem with the religions of the world and the world's philosophy. Maybe you don't have any religion. Maybe you don't think religion is anything that you need, and that's true. You don't, but you need God. But you may think that you're okay without anything because you're going to just make it on your own. You think, well, I'll just be a good person. Keep the Ten Commandments. Most people think that as long as they keep the Ten Commandments, they're going to be okay. Well... How's it going? You say, oh, I just, I just have to just keep God's law, keep God's Ten Commandments, and I'll be okay. Okay, so I ask you, how's it going? Well, I never killed anybody, you may say. And 
amazing how many people use that as their, their definition of keeping the Ten Commandments. Hello? Ten is not one. One is not ten. Thou shalt not kill. Everybody knows that. So if I ask you today, are you a good person? Do you keep God's law? Well, I never killed anybody. Okay. That's the start. But shall we keep going? How about thou shalt not covet? How about thou shalt not commit adultery? How about thou shalt not bear false witness? Thou shalt not steal. How about honor thy father and thy mother? How about thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain? How are you doing? Are you keeping the Ten Commandments? You know what? That's good news because one day I realized the law cannot save me. God's Ten Commandments are so high and so holy. I don't have a chance. Some of you may say, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm trying. I'm doing the best I can. Oh, that's amazing how many, how many times we, we lower the bar for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. But, you know, I have been preaching the gospel for over 30 years, and I have never in my life heard anybody say, I'm a good person. I try not to kill people. Right? No one says that. No, when it comes to killing, the bar's way up here. Thou shalt not kill. But when it comes to coveting, and it comes to lying, and it comes to adultery, and taking God's name in vain, we say, well, you know, I try not to do those things. I'm working at it. You know, I, I'm doing the best. I, we lower the bar when it comes to things that we can't fulfill. We think God somehow also lowers the bar. My friend, I have news for you today. God does not lower the bar. In fact, I got some little bit of bad news for you. God raises the bar. Open the Bible, your Bible to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. <clears throat> In verse... Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to read verse 27. Jesus said, Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. That is one of the Ten Commandments, right? But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Jesus did not say, you know, in the Old Testament it said, Thou shalt not commit adultery, but I say unto you, Try not to commit adultery. He didn't lower the bar. He raised it. He said, Wait a second. You think you're okay because you never committed adultery physically? I got news for you. God is more interested in your heart. And if you commit adultery in your heart, if you lust in your heart after a woman, you are guilty of adultery. 
That's not lowering the bar. That's raising the bar. That's things you do with the young boy coming to court your daughter. Yeah? You don't lower the bar, do you? Do you tell the young man coming to court your daughter, hey, look, you know, the Bible says not to commit adultery, so I hope you'll try your best. Is that how you treat the young men trying to woo your daughters? I don't think so. I have two daughters. I know how I was. I made it clear that God said thou shalt not commit adultery. So don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. And yet when it comes to our lust and our pride and our sin and our lying and our, uh, our uh, lack of honesty, we lower the bar and we say, oh, I, you know, I'm trying. Maybe you are. But you're probably not. I mean, be honest. Are you really? Maybe I should ask your husband and your wife, your parents, how hard you're trying. You know what? If the truth be known, most of us aren't even trying very hard. Most of us maybe are trying a little bit to be a little bit better than the guy next door because we think that somehow there's a grade on a curve that if we're just a little bit better than most people, we'll make it all right. But God says, no dice. It's a whole different ball game when it comes to God. He says, if you think it in your heart, you're guilty. And so when I heard that Jesus Christ saved sinners, that was good news because I knew that I couldn't save myself. Some of you may say, no, I don't need that. I don't need the Ten Commandments because I don't even believe in God. I just have to live according to my conscience. That sounds real good. How's that going? You got a clear conscience today? Is everything fine? You never offended anybody? You never backbit back anybody. You never gossip. You never are proud. You never are lustful. You never ever have any pangs of conscience ever in your life. You never lay down in the bed and think, oh, I really shouldn't have done that. Come on. How is your conscience today? Are you living according to your conscience? Look in Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2. It may not sound by my voice that I have good news, but really, please, bear with me. I have good news. <laughs> this really is good news. Because I realized one day that I couldn't save myself. It says in Romans chapter 2 and verse 1, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest, judgest doest the same things. How many times do you find yourself judging somebody else for hypocrisy, for pride, for anger, for lying, for corruption, for stealing, for lusting, for adultery? 
And the list can go on and on and on. The very fact that you and I understand the difference between right and wrong when it comes to our neighbor and our politicians and our co-workers and our bosses simply shows that we are condemning our very selves. Because, let's face it, we do the same things that we accuse them of. Because I guarantee you they're judging you just like you're judging them. Yeah, we judge our neighbors, we criticize, we, we gossip, we talk about, and guess what? They're doing the same to you because they see it in you. We don't see it in ourselves. Just like Jesus said, we see the moat in our brother's eye, but we can't see the beam in our own eye. Yeah, we can see the, the sins of other people, but somehow we overlook the same things or worse things in ourselves. You may try to live according to your conscience, but your conscience won't give you peace because your conscience tells you you're not so good. And you try to hide it. You try to, to, to uh, suppress your conscience. You try to somehow put it to sleep and you try to drown it out with, with different, different uh, things. You may try religion. You may try drugs. You may try buying things and making more money and to forget about all the, 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 the guilt that's in your conscience and you can't suppress it. It's there day after day after day. And so when I found that Jesus Christ came to save sinners, that was good news. Maybe you just think, well, I just have to do my best. Just do your best. Just be a good person. Just do your best. How's that, how's that going? Are you doing your best? I mean, honestly, are you doing the best you can? Couldn't every one of us do a little bit better? How about loving your neighbor? Couldn't you do more to love your neighbor? How about loving God with all your heart? Couldn't you and I do more to love God with all our heart? And so when we say, well, just do your best and you'll be okay, that may sound good, but it doesn't mean anything if you're not doing your best, and probably none of us are. But you know what? It was good news because... I also understood and found out that no religion could ever save me. And there are a lot of religions out there. In case you didn't know, there are a lot of them. There are religions out there that you and I still don't even know about. And some people think that it doesn't really matter. Just pick one be sincere, believe with all your heart, and everything will be okay. But that takes us back to the problem of your conscience. You can be the best Buddhist you have ever, ever been, but the best Muslim you've ever been. You can be the best, uh, the best Roman Catholic or the best whatever you want to be. And yet, religion can't give you a clean conscience. Because you see... Most religions actually are carbon copies of each other. I mean, they differ 
some in some things drastically, but they have one very common denominator. Because religions of this world tell you, in essence, good people go to heaven and bad people go to hell. That's religion in a nutshell. Just be good, come to our religion, come to our church, get baptized in our church, receive our ceremonies, take our creed, be a good person, and you'll go to heaven. But that's not good news. That's not good news if you know you're not good, is it? That's not good news if your heart condemns you day after day of your lust and your pride and your envy and your jealousy and your hatred and your selfishness and your adultery and your passion and your all these things in your heart. It doesn't help you to know that good people go to heaven because you need some good news. You need something that tells you, hey, what's for me? Is there anything for people like me, sinners like me? Yeah, there is. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. That's the good news. Religion says you have to be faithful. Like, you know, every Sunday. And you have to do this once a year and this twice a year and this once a month. And, and you have to fulfill all these different requirements. And some of you may think, I've done all those things. Some of you may, have, may actually be the very best specimen of a religious person. You may have all the rewards that your religion can give you. And some of them do give awards. I mean, you know, the most faithful to church, uh, the most uh, the most. Uh, tithes and, and, and helping the most and serving the most and doing the most and you have re- awards and you have all this, this uh, um, uh, 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 claims from the world, from your religion and you may have all the best. And yet, I ask you today, if you die today, where will you spend eternity? Are you sure? Because you know what? I found that most religions say, who knows? I mean, maybe you'll make it. Maybe you won't. You got a good chance. If anybody will, you will. But there's no assurance there. You can't be sure. I have talked myself. I have talked to to Roman Catholic priests who have no idea where they will spend eternity. Oh, they hope. They, they, they like to make it, but they don't know for sure. Why? There are too many factors involved. It is so complicated. Salvation, according to most religions, is so complicated. There's no way you can have any assurance. Because they have to do this, they have to do this and this, and if you do this, you do that, and if you don't do this, you do that. And, and at, the end of the, at the end of the day, you just don't know for sure. That's not good news. The Bible says Jesus came to save sinners. It didn't say he came to make it possible somehow. 
He didn't say he came to give you some kind of a chance and a hope. It said he came to save sinners. And that's good news. You can know it today. That's good news. You can know today. Before you walk out of this building today, you can know that your sins are all forgiven. You can know you have peace with God. You can know you've been reconciled to the very God who created you. That's good news. And think about this. If it really is like they say, just be religious, go to church, pray, give your money, pray, give your money, pray, give your money. Come to church, but give your money. All I emphasis on giving your money, isn't there? <laughs> kind of like, sounds like you can kind of buy your way into heaven. That's not good news. I'm sorry, but my God cannot be bought. There is no corruption in heaven. You cannot buy your way into heaven. God is not so shallow. God is not so corrupt that he can be bribed to turn his face away from your sin because you're giving him some money or something else. And that's good news, too. You want your God to be so corrupt as your politicians? I don't. I don't want any part of a God that's like that. I don't want any part of a God who can be bought with some money or a prayer or some kind of a a good deed or some kind of a ceremony that mocks his holiness and his righteousness. I want a God who is holy, a God who is righteous, and a God who at the same time can show mercy, but who is not in any way corrupt. And that's good news. But you know, getting back to Jesus Christ, religion couldn't save me because I realized that if religion could save me, then Jesus Christ was quite foolish, giving his life for me when I could save myself by being religious. And I realized that, hey, religion can't save me because if religion could have saved me, Jesus wouldn't have said the things he said. Open your Bibles now to John chapter 14. Most of you may have already read this verse. You may know it by memory, and you may believe it, and you may not believe it, but whether it's true or not depends not on whether you believe it. It's true. It's just plain true. God does not put a whole lot of stock in your and my opinion. God doesn't say, well, what do you think about this? Does this sound good? You like this? What do you think? You think you think this sounds like a good idea? It's amazing how much stock we put in our opinions, isn't it? I mean, it's, sometimes it's, it's, it's comical, and at the same time, it's tragic. That people really think their opinions mean something. And I will probably step on a few toes like I usually do in... Most of the time. 
But I heard just recently one of our former presidents say he thinks that Jesus would be okay with same-sex marriage. Now, I'm not going to preach on that topic today, but just think about that, that whole idea. The audacity of a person to say that he thinks he knows what Jesus would and would not approve of, and the same time saying, I have no chapter, I have no verse, I have no possible uh, indication in the Bible that he would be for it, but I think he would. And like God is saying, you know what, sir, I think you're right. I think I would be okay with that. That sounds pretty cool. God doesn't care what you and I think about what he should be or shouldn't be. God simply is. Jesus spoke. He didn't ask your opinion if if you thought it was a good idea or not. He simply spoke and demands submission to what he said. John 14, 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's pretty clear, isn't it? I understand that, and I'm a pretty simple guy. I'm really quite simple. I couldn't even figure out how to run one of these microphones. But I understood that. I don't even have a college education. I understood that. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's pretty exclusive, isn't it? Only by Jesus? Isn't that what Jesus is saying here? Did Jesus say, I'm the best, or I'm one of the best, or every religion is fine, I'm the greatest? He said, I am the way, and you can't get to God any other way. And so for Jesus to say this makes it quite clear if you really believe what he said. And that's where the rubber meets the road, by the way. You believe what he said. That means that no religion can ever save you. And there are some nice, moral, peace-loving religions out there. But the bottom line is, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, said... There is no other way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Why is that? Why is God so exclusive? Why does God seem to be so narrow-minded? My friend, it comes down to the simple fact of the gospel being the simplicity in Christ and that there is no other way for you to be cleansed of your sin except that someone came and died for your sin. You cannot buy your way to heaven. You know that. You should know that. And you're not as good as you think you are. And your conscience doesn't give you any peace. And you doing your best doesn't, doesn't help. There's only one chance. And that is that God himself became a man and paid the price for your sin. The problem with the gospel is not that it's, that it's complicated. The problem with the gospel is not, is not that, it's, that it's really 
hard to understand. It's not complicated. The problem with the gospel is that it's, it's difficult because you have to relinquish your pride and your self-righteousness. And you have to admit that you're not as good as you think you are. And no one likes to do that. I mean, come on. We're driven by this desire to be better than somebody else, aren't we? How do you get your promotions? By doing the worst job in the company? No. How do you get raises? You get raises by doing better than the guy next to you. You don't get raises by, by being lazy. And so we're driven by this, this desire to be better and do more. And then when we get our raise, we can say, I got a raise. And nobody can say, ah, you just know the boss or you're just his cousin or you're his, you're his brother and he helped you out. No, we do it because we want to earn our raise. We want to earn our promotion. And when it comes to the gospel, when it comes to salvation, we also have this desire in our wicked hearts to earn our salvation and to be able to brag about it and go to heaven and say, hey, I was better than my neighbor. You think I'm making this up? Because I really am not. You can't imagine how many times in my life I have talked to people and given them this simple message. And they say, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me that God is willing to save my neighbor just like he'll save me? That rascal? That liar? You mean that there's no difference in God's eyes? He'll receive me and him just the same if we'll just come and ask him to save us? And I say, yeah. And they say, no, thank you. Because then they can't brag on being better than their neighbor. It puts them on an equal plane. And we don't want that. We want to be able to brag. Ephesians chapter 2. God knew your heart. He knew what you and I would do in our natural heart. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Why do you think God would say that? Why would God even think that you would boast of anything? Perhaps he knows your heart. Perhaps he knows our tendency to brag on ourselves. It happens all the time. It happened to us yesterday. We're out on the street preaching, and I gave this guy a gospel track, and he said, I don't need that. I'm related to Jesus on his mother's side. I'm a Jew. And I said, okay, you're going to go to heaven or hell. I don't believe in heaven or hell. I just believe, yes, I have to be a good person. And I said, are you a good person? He said, I've done this, and I've done that, and I do this, and I do that. And then he started to use the most vile language I've heard in a long time. Accusing God of this and that and saying the most filthy things. And this guy thinks he's related to Jesus. And he just told me how good he was. 
how much he helps people, how much good he does for this and that. Why? We have this wicked desire in ourselves to boast and to brag and say, yeah, I'm going to go to heaven because I'm not like the other guy. Isn't that what the Pharisee said when he prayed? Remember the, the uh, parable Jesus told about the Pharisee and publican? And the Pharisee is praying. Oh, boy, he is praying up a storm. God, I thank thee that I am not like other people. Adulterers, extortioners, I'm not like them. That's just the way man's wicked heart is. We boast when we have nothing to boast about. And God said, you know what? Salvation is going to be by grace. It's going to be by unmerited favor. You cannot deserve it. You cannot earn it. You could never do anything to buy it. It is simply a gift given by my grace. You deserve punishment. You deserve to go to hell. You deserve exactly what you wish on other people, by the way. Yeah, you ever heard people say that? There is no hell. And then you make them mad and they say, go to hell. Wait a second. You just said there is no hell. Now you're sending me there. Oh, our heart is so wicked. only thing we deserve is righteousness. And righteousness is not what you think it is. It's the just reward for your and my sin. And that's condemnation. But God, who is rich in mercy, but God, for his great love, who if he loved us, that's the good news. The good news is that God is willing to show mercy if you are willing to admit what he already knows. I mean, you're not telling God something he doesn't know. Now, my mom was disappointed. She was surprised when I told her some things about my past. You're not going to surprise God. You're not even going to disappoint God. God is already unpleased, if you will, with our sin. But it's no surprise to be telling God exactly what he already knows. You simply say, God, I know I'm a sinner. God, I know you're right. I know I've lusted. I know I'm not as good as I think I am. I know I'm proud. I know I lust. I know I covet. I know I don't have much love of my neighbor. I know I hate some people. I know I don't love you as I should. I need mercy. And God delights in giving mercy to the humble but he resists the proud. It comes down to, are you humble enough to admit to God what he already knows about you? And quit trying to pretend like you're someone that you're really not. And that's why it's good news. Because Jesus Christ already paid the price of your sin. It says he died for the ungodly. It said, for God committed his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus didn't die for good people. He died for you. He died for me. He died for sinners. And that's why it's such good news. He already paid the price. But some of 
Some of us are too proud to let someone else pay our way, aren't we? Oh, man, no one's going to pay my way. I pay my own way. I pay my, I don't need no welfare. I don't need no, no help. I don't need no charity. My friend, it's more than charity. It's grace. It's the grace, the kindness of God. He is kind to the unthankful and the holy and the evil. Isn't that amazing? God is kind to the unthankful. How kind are you to unthankful people? How kind are you to evil people? There's not much kindness in us towards unthankful and evil people, but God is kind even to the unthankful and to the evil. What an amazing God we have. And you know what? It's good news. Our text in 1 Timothy chapter 1, I really am going to try to wind this up. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. You may not think that you are the chiefest of sinners today. You may not think you are the worst of the worst. But I have good news for you. Even if you do. And it would do you good to believe that about yourself. That you really are the worst of the worst. Because you know what? God can save even the worst of the worst. He can save the worst. He can take the worst thief on the cross and save him. He can take this publican and save him. He can take this Saul of Tarsus, a persecutor of God's people, delivering men and women into prisons and even unto death. He can save them. He can save the harlot. He can save the dope addict. He can save the drunk. He can save the murderer. He can save everybody. He can save anybody. He can save you. He can save me. He saved me. And that's the good news of the gospel. That there's no one out there that is so wicked that God can't save. It's good news because he can do it today. That's what's amazing. He can do it today. Look in Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. And uh, I want to read verse 7 and verse 8. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today... If you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. There's a lot of people out there trying to find out what the Holy Spirit wants to say. And some people, they travel all over the creation 
trying to find some new church has some new some new uh, angle on the Holy Spirit. And then they try to find somewhere where the Holy Spirit speaks like this and he used all kinds of miracles and all kinds of wonders and amazing things and signs and, and all these weird phenomena. And they all oh, look, the Holy Spirit has spoken because something weird happened. And some kind of noise and some kind of, you know, somebody fell over in their seat and someone started dancing and someone started laughing. And, and it seems like the weirder the thing is, the, the more proof that it's the Holy Spirit. I got some good news for you today. The Holy Spirit speaks very clearly, very plainly. It's right here in your Bible. It's so clear. You can't miss it if you just read it. As the Holy Ghost saith, get ready, the Holy Ghost is going to tell you something in the Word of God. What did he say? Today. Today. That's what the Holy Ghost is trying to tell you. Today. Not tomorrow. Not someday. Not, that sounds all right. Not, huh? Not bad. The Holy Ghost says, today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day, the accepted time. If you just humble yourself and ask God to forgive you of your sins and put your faith not in religion, not in yourself, but in Jesus Christ, God says, today I will save you. Whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Guess when? Today. If you do it today, he'll save you. You say, well, can I do it tomorrow? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe tomorrow you won't be here. Maybe tomorrow... you'll harden your heart and say, no, I don't need to humble myself. I don't need God. I don't need religion. No, you don't. You need Jesus. You need his good news. You need his blood. You need his mercy, his grace, his name. You need Jesus. You don't need religion. And if anything else, if you missed everything else today, we want you to understand one thing today. You need Jesus. You need his salvation, his grace. You need his forgiveness. It's the only forgiveness that you can't live without. You need God's forgiveness today. The Holy Ghost says today, that's good news. If you'll call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ today, if you'll just tell God what he already knows about you and say, yes, I'm guilty. I've done all that and much more. But I need mercy. I need forgiveness. I'll save you today. Call on him today. Do not harden your heart. Do not resist against God. He's a little bit bigger than you are. He will have the last word. Not you. Your opinion means nothing. What God says means everything. Today. You'll hear his voice. Harden not your hearts. 
Surrender your will to God. Confess your sin to Him. Call upon the name of Jesus Christ, and He will save you like He saved me. And He saved the thief on the cross, and He saved Saul of Tarsus, and He saved these countless ones who are baptized today. He saved them. How? By simply repenting of their sin and calling upon the name of Jesus. He'll save you today. Do it today before it's too late. I want to ask you to bow your heads. You need to make sure of one thing today. One thing, the most important thing. Not, do I have the right religion? Not, do I, am I the best in my religion? Are you sure, a hundred percent sure today, that if you die, your sins are all taken care of already? Not later, not after you die, not by some loved one after you die, but today, are you sure that your sins are already all forgiven? Because if they're not, you need a Savior. You need some good news, and I ha- this is the best news you'll ever hear. Jesus Christ will save you today if you'll simply ask him. Father, bless your word. I pray that you would open eyes of each and every person today who doesn't know you, Lord, reveal yourself to them in a way that they cannot miss it. And Lord, open the eyes of each soul today. And Lord, save each and every one here today that needs your forgiveness. Have mercy, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name. Let's just keep our heads bowed for a moment, if we could, and the message could not be any clearer or more plain this morning, a message of salvation. Maybe you've heard it before, maybe you've heard it a hundred times, but maybe this was the first time to really consider how simple and how free and how wonderful real salvation is. It's not about religion. That was made clear in the message. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's simply a relationship with the Savior. And I wonder today if God spoke to your heart through this message. If God was dealing with you, maybe he showed you the truth today. You've never seen it that way before. You understand it better. You realize today, you're willing to acknowledge today that you need that Savior. And God was dealing with your heart today. This is a private moment between you and God. It does not involve your neighbor. This is just you and the Lord. But God gathers us together in rooms like this and has the word of God preached to us so that you could respond. It's a personal message from God to you. He speaks through his word. And the respectful thing, the right thing, is to respond to him. Did God speak to you this morning? Did Did the Lord help you realize today that you need to be saved? And are you willing today to acknowledge that? We can't save you, but we would love to help you. We can show you what was shown to us. We can show you what we've found in the scriptures. We can show you how you can have everlasting life just by calling upon Jesus Christ. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, but let me ask you this. Is there anyone like that this morning? You just slip your hand up and just say, yes, I know I need to be saved. 
and I want to acknowledge that to the Lord today between me and God. I want to let the Lord know that I, I realize I need to be saved, and I would appreciate your prayers. Is there anyone like that at all? Would you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? Could you be honest with God today? Did the Lord speak to your heart today? Anyone at all? We're not trying to trick you into anything. We've, we've made it as clear and plain as it could possibly ma be made today. Is there anyone at all here this morning you'd say, I know I need to be saved. Here's my hand. Please pray for me. I want to acknowledge to God today that I know I need a Savior. Anyone like that this morning, slip your hand up and put it right back down. We can talk to you in private afterwards. We're not going to embarrass you. If you say, here's my hand, pray for me this morning. I know I need to be saved, and I want to be. Please pray for me. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? We'll give you a moment. Did God speak to your heart today? Were you listening? Did you hear what God said? I know there may be all kinds of things welling up in your mind right now. Well, tradition, well, my relatives, well, my what I thought. And, but you heard the scriptures today, and you heard it clearly and plainly. Are you willing to accept that and acknowledge that as the truth? Do you realize you need Jesus Christ today? Is there anyone at all? Slip your hand up and put it right back down. All right, we're going to stand and sing a song in a moment. Let me pray, and then we'll stand and sing. And if God worked in your heart, God dealt with you, and you want to come forward, you can see me here at the front or let us know in some way that you want to talk to somebody about your salvation. We would love the opportunity to talk to you this morning about that, okay? Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Thank you, Lord. It was just so clear and so plain. And, Lord, if you're dealing with someone here this morning, someone that knows they need to be saved, someone that needed that message more than anything else in this world today, Lord, there could be one in this room this morning that you put that in the preacher's heart just specifically for them. And, Lord, I pray that they would respond. I pray that they would come to you today. I pray that you'd help them, Lord. We pray that someone might be saved this morning. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the preacher. Thank you for what you've brought to us this morning. And we pray that you'd be glorified in these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. And, Brother Pat, what are we singing? soul by sin oppressed there's mercy with the lord and he will surely give you rest trusting in his word only trust him only trust him only trust him now he will save you he save you he will save you now for Jesus shed his precious blood rich blessings to bestow into the crimson flood that washes white as snow only trust him amen only trust him only trust him now he will save you he will save you he will save you now 
Before we sing that last verse, if you're here today and you know you're saved, you're happy about it, can you say amen? Amen. amen? amen. Let me see the hands of those of you this morning that know you're absolutely on your way to heaven. Now, thank you if you couldn't lift your hand. Thank you for your honesty. Do you know what? There is nothing that separates you from being in that group except your own hesitancy and your own unbelief. That's it. There's no other qualification. You have already been pre-disqualified for heaven. None of us are qualified. But you have already been pre-qualified for a Savior. He's already proven, he's already said in advance in his word that he'll accept you, he'll take you. He doesn't check your credit. He doesn't check your background. He doesn't look at what you've done or not done. He doesn't ask you to even confess your sins to him to be saved because you could never remember them all. He just wants you to acknowledge that you need him, that you are a sinner, that you need a savior. It's that simple. Religion makes it so complicated, it's nauseating. God makes it so simple that if all you know is religion, you're probably confused this morning. Because this seems too simple. Friend, there's a Savior that loves you. It was made plain this morning. If you don't know him this morning, it is so simple to settle it with God and be sure. We saw, there's just one verse left of this song and we're done. But if by the end of this song you're willing to take that step and trust Jesus Christ this morning, you can either step out of your seat, come here, let me know, or as soon as the service is ended, immediately come and let me know, and we'll go somewhere private, get someone to talk to you, and just open a Bible and show you how you can go home with your sins forgiven and know that you're a child of God. Isn't that a wonderful gift that God holds out to us today? That's a precious gift. we got one verse, so don't blow it. Don't miss the boat. We were standing in front of the ferry yesterday preaching and just yelling at people, don't miss the boat. Don't miss the boat. The big boat. <laughs> don't miss the boat. It'll leave without you. Jesus Christ is holding the door open. He is the door. Don't miss the boat. Don't put this off. The preacher said, the Holy Spirit says, today, now, today, it's the day of salvation. It's an opportunity God created for you this morning. Don't miss your opportunity. One last verse, and then we'll go home, all right? Let's sing that last verse now together. Jesus is the truth, the way that leads you into rest. Believe in him without delay. Are fully blessed. Only trust him, only trust him, only trust him now. He will save you, he will save you, he will save you now. Amen. Let's have all those that got baptized this morning to come up here real quick, if you would. You can remain standing. We're going home right now. But all of those that got baptized this morning, just come right here across the front. We want everybody just to come up. As you're on your way out, come by here, shake hands. Let them know you love them. Let them know you'll be praying for them. Let them know you appreciate their, their faithfulness, their faith and trust in Christ. They were a good example today. There were some good testimonies. We're happy to have these here. Anybody else? Anybody? I know some may have already had to leave. All right. Isn't this a blessing? Praise the Lord, man. It's the future of our church right here. 
All right, we're going to have a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed, but don't go that way. Come this way, all right? Come right by here, shake their hands. I know it'll be a little crowded, but we'll figure it out, all right? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for all that you've given us today. Thank you for the good time of fellowship, the good message from your word. Lord, the testimonies of these dear brothers and sisters that came forward today to publicly thank you and acknowledge their faith in you. And Lord, I pray that you'll bless their lives. Thankful, Lord, not only for this step of obedience, but we just pray, Lord, that you would help them as they serve you and walk with you and enter into ministries of one kind or another, Lord. We just pray that your hand might be upon their lives. Thank you for making them a part of our church family. And Lord, just bless them now. And Lord, prepare our hearts for the meeting tonight as we gather around your table and the open meeting. Pray that you'd prepare this church, that we might be able to come together this evening and minister to one another with a right heart attitude that the Lord Jesus Christ might be exalted in our midst. Lord, we love you this morning. Thank you for what you've given us. Thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you for that home in heaven. Thank you that our sins are forgiven. Thank you for being such a wonderful Savior in God. And Lord, thank you for making us a family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come here and shake hands before you go, all right? God bless you. We're dismissed.